0: Welcome to the first episode of Released the Podcast. I'm Talmadj Thane, the host. Now this podcast has taken up a lot of time for the past four or so months, and I'm so excited to get it out to you guys. This first episode is my Released story. I'm gonna start from the very beginning. I was a quiet little kid that did as he was told, and I was happy. I was I was cute too. I couldn't really talk. I had this speech impediment where I couldn't say my Rs, and I don't know. I always had this like daydreamy look in my eye because I, I was a huge daydreamer. I couldn't read till I was in fifth grade. So as a kid, I was this naive, daydreaming likable little dude growing up i grew up in such an amazing family my dad always taught us about his mission and how much he loved it and he inspired all of us to go on our own missions and so ever since i was ever since i could remember i i've wanted to go on a mission i remember looking at my dad whenever mission missionary work was brought up in church and like just watching him as he started crying because it almost always happened. Whenever missionary work was brought up, my dad would start crying. It was pretty funny. Our whole family did that. We'd all look at him whenever that was brought up. <laughs> and so growing up, that was kind of like my background. I grew up in an amazing family. Kind of a daydreamy kind of kid. Shy, kept to himself. I remember actually in when I did start going to school because I was homeschooled for a while. I would sit on the playground and watch all the other kids play, partly because I was shy, but partly because I just loved people watching, even at that age. It was kind of funny. Growing up, my brother finally took pity on me, um, and he took me under his wing, and he invited me to a lot of parties, and he really pushed me out of my comfort zone. So I had to go up and talk to the girl I liked because he had pushed me, And to talk to her, I had to do all that stuff. And so it was really uncomfortable. And then my brother left. He went off to college, and I went off to a new school. And I didn't really have any friends. I only had a couple. And I was determined, I'm not going to be that shy kid anymore. I'm going to get to know people, make a lot of friends, and have a good time. And so I was friends with everybody, the jocks, because I was... I played a lot of soccer as well as um, I ran cross country and I did ultimate frisbee, which was super fun. And I was friends with the country kids, the FFA kids, because I grew up milking cows. I I worked on a pig farm for over the summer. I, I rode horses. Um, we were going to show pigs one time, but they're too hard to train. So But yeah, so I was friends with those kids. I was friends with the nerds just because I needed good grades. (laughs) No, no. I was friends with them because they were cool, and they also helped me get good grades. And so we had a good time, and I could nerd out with them about Star Wars because I'm the biggest Star Wars fan. I also did student council, and so I got to meet a lot of people that way. Um, I also did things outside of school, like music with guitar and piano, as well as jujitsu, I did Brazilian Jiu Jitsu for a while. It was super fun. And I worked throughout all of school, mainly at like food places like Papa Murphy's or Roxbury. This whole time, I was going through school and just my adolescent years. It was great. I had, I honestly had a great life. But this whole time, I was struggling with something that a lot of kids my age struggled with. I was struggling with pornography. And it was tough. It was like this monkey on my on my back that I just couldn't get rid of. And it was just this feeling of, of shame and of secrecy that I really didn't want anybody to know about. And so I kept it to myself mainly. I had a couple people that knew, like my parents. Um, luckily, I felt like I could open up to them and i was so grateful for them for that. As I went to BYU-Idaho after my senior year, I was so excited I was living on my own I was going to college I was becoming an adult and to be honest I think I was in over my head I got there started off kind of strong with my classes trying to make friends but to be honest I didn't really get along with my roommates I don't think they really liked me Um, I didn't feel too welcomed in my ward And that was just like the 18-year-old Talmadge probably feeling kind of insecure and making judgments on whether people like me or not. Um, So it probably wasn't necessarily that way, but I just didn't feel welcomed. Luckily, I loved my bishop. We got along really well, and so that was good. Honestly, BYU-Idaho is a great school. I just didn't have the best experience there because... I I didn't take advantage of it, for one, and um, I just didn't, I felt very alone. During this time at BYU-Idaho, everything seemed to get worse. Um, I started to have like, I don't know, I, I wasn't eating great. I wasn't exercising. I didn't have any friends. I started skipping class because I was feeling kind of depressed and um, just anxious and overwhelmed. And during this time, my problem with pornography and everything that went along with it seemed to increase. And I just felt awful. I was like, oh man, I was going to come up here. I was going to kill it at BYU-Idaho and just do great. But then I didn't. And so I was, <laughs> I was bummed, to say the least. And I isolated myself more and more. And it got to the point where I was ignoring my family's phone calls. I was ignoring their texts. I wasn't getting out of bed. Um, It got so bad one day, like I just couldn't sleep. Um, I I did three all-nighters in four days. I was just not in a healthy state of mind or physically either. I was eating ice cream and all that stuff. And so one day the secretary at the apartment complex I was staying in, she came up to my door and she knocked on it and she's like, Talmadge? hey, um, your dad's on the phone. I guess he's been looking for you and trying to reach you for the past four or five days and he hasn't been able to get a hold of you. And I just felt really, and I just felt really embarrassed that this sweet lady that worked at the apartment complex had to be the delivery person for this, I don't know, this struggling young adult, um, who wasn't reaching out to his dad or even picking up his calls. And so I ended up calling my dad and I was talking to him and I was telling him everything that was going on and how, how just I was struggling. And my dad said something that I will never forget. It was a huge turning point in my life. And in the moment it didn't feel positive at all. My dad told me "Hey Talmadge, Look, you don't have to go on a mission to be a good member of the church. Right then, oh my gosh, that hit me so hard. I was shocked. I was in complete shock that my dad, the guy who cries whenever someone's talking about a mission, the guy who's told me stories about his mission, the amazing miracles and the testimony that he's built and the friendships that he's, that he, that he has from it has just told me that I don't need to go. And in a way it felt like he was telling me that I couldn't go or I wouldn't ever be able to go. And to be honest, I don't think that's what he was saying at all, but I did take it that way. And I, and to be honest, it lit a fire inside of me. I was like, you know what, dad, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to get out on my mission. I'm going to serve the best mission I can. I decided to get my life in order, got things together. I was meeting with my bishop. I came home, finished college pretty strong. I was feeling good about it. Met with my bishop, got my papers in and I got my call and I was called to my dream, dream mission, the Scotland-Ireland mission. I was so excited. I literally would tell people that's my dream mission. And I know that doesn't happen for everybody, but I was really glad it happened to me. The three months before going on my mission were great. I I was working. I was doing a preach my gospel study class every Sunday night and soccer every Saturday night with Super Smash Bros. Uh right after. And so it was super fun. I had a good routine going. I had great friends. And then I went out on my mission to Preston, England. I loved the Preston England MTC. It was great. There's only about 36 missionaries in total. And that's English speaking and German speaking. And and so there it was just really small, intimate, and great. Now, I'm going to stop right there just for a second. I don't want you guys to be worried like, oh man, this guy's just telling me his whole life story. This all has relevance of why I have started this podcast. And to be honest, I don't really feel like I've started this podcast. I don't feel like this is my podcast. I'm, no, I'm going to try to do my best never to call it my podcast because I don't feel that way. I honestly feel like this is God's podcast and he's asked me to do it. I feel like a vessel in a way Um, or I've just been prepared uh, to use this platform to share my experience and to help other people share their experience. And I'm going to I'm going to talk about that a little bit later, but I just wanted to give you guys a little background of me so you can understand where I'm coming from. And, And this next part of the story, this is the catalyst of why this podcast is getting started. So I was out on my mission, and I absolutely loved it. I had the greatest time. Um, The Scottish people are amazing. Irish people are amazing. The Northern Irish, can't forget about them. That's three countries in one mission. I was so lucky to serve in all three. And anybody that's been there can totally attest that the scenery is just breathtaking. It's beautiful you need to take so many pictures but then again the pictures will not do justice and you just know that and there's so much history and it's rich history and I'm I love history I'm a history buff and so learning about uh, the Scots and the Irish and Northern Ireland and everything that's been there and like all the events that have happened and the amazing people from those places was so fun for me and I'm I'm also a descendant from From some amazing people such as Braveheart, William Wallace from Paisley, Scotland. And so that's our claim to fame. At least we say so. We don't know for sure, but we lived in the same town or our family did lived in the same town as him for like a couple hundred years. And so we're guessing somewhere along the line, our lines mixed. But anyway, and the people are absolutely amazing. They're so funny. They're so witty, especially when they're drunk. They're great. When I first got home, everybody was like, Talmadge, you have an accent. And I'm pretty sure I said a lot of Scottish words with a Northern Irish twang and a couple Irish phrases here and there. And so it was pretty funny. Um, I didn't realize I was doing it, but I did. (laughs) And so everybody would always ask me to do it. And and so I'm going to say a l- quick phrase. You probably won't understand it. A couple of you might have heard it before, but this is like an old Scottish phrase that I was taught while on my mission. It's a brobricht, moonlit, nicked the neck you can. <laughs> and so that means it's a good, bright, moonlit night tonight, you know? And so doesn't sound like it at all, but just thought it was fun. Thought I'd throw that out there to you guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll say it one more time. It's a brawbrecht, minlicht, nikt, the next you can. Now I'm probably going to get a lot of flack because I probably said it a little bit wrong. My accent's not as great as it once was, but that's okay. Anyways, so yeah, my mission was amazing as so many people can attest that have gone on missions. They learned so much and they were so excited to take it back into the real world and apply it so that way their life in the real world will be just as productive and as inspiring and as meaningful as their time on the mission. And I was fully planning on doing that. When I first got home, I was relieved. I was excited to be home. Um, I missed the mission, of course. A lot of people say that. But I was excited. I was excited for my next chapter of life. And I went into my state president's office and it was so fun to see him and tell him what I've done, what I was proud of and what I'm excited to do now. And he told me, he's like, Tom, I see such a big change in you from when you first left till now. And I was so happy about that. I wanted to keep that going. I was, I was proud that he could see a change in me and and then he said the words, Elder Thane, I release you as a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You can take off the tag. Ah, oh, that was another big moment for me. It hit me hard. I, I started crying and I didn't want to take it off. It meant so much to me. And in that moment, I don't know, something happened. I I took it off. But I don't think I just took it off my suit coat. I think in a way, I took it off my heart. I know that kind of sounds cheesy, but it's it's true. I started to let go of things pretty quickly after the mission. Let go of some good habits that I promised, not just myself, but god and my mission president and my stake president that i would keep doing i started slacking on all those things that people are like oh make sure you keep reading your scriptures make sure you keep saying your prayers make sure you keep um making a plan and moving forward and like have a daily plan and a weekly plan and monthly goals and all that stuff i stopped doing that and I started picking up some bad habits that I had from before my mission, such as pornography and everything that went with it. And I was just like, what the heck just happened? I thought I, I supposedly had overcome this. I supposedly was a changed man. After my mission, things started to get hard. I started to feel very ashamed. That I came home and I came, went right back to bad habits lost all of my good habits and not just that the biggest thing was I lost a lot of motivation and purpose I felt like I didn't have a purpose I didn't have any meaning things felt numb to me life was gray it was boring I wanted to isolate myself from my friends and from my family I wasn't that happy upbeat kid that I used to be. It felt like a dull ache. I I started to have a nihilistic personality. In order to feel better about myself, I just had to tell myself that nothing mattered. Nothing I did mattered. It didn't have any meaning, and therefore I can do whatever I want. From this dull ache, I wanted to feel something. I wanted to feel excitement or meaning or purpose. I started looking for that in the very things I warned people against on my mission. I started looking for those in dating the wrong girls, in those Tinder dates, <laughs> and and those U up texts, um, and not just that, in just superficial stuff as well. My focus was scattered everywhere, and from that, I ruined a lot of really good things. I missed out. On a bunch of blessings and i ruined some relationships not just with friends but with some amazing girls and there was one girl in particular that i felt most awful about Um, my she was a great girl and my behavior and the way i was living my life really ruined it and she asked me not to talk to her anymore and oh man i got dramatic (laughs) i was telling myself i'm the worst i can never forgive myself I don't deserve happiness. I will never find somebody. And yeah, very, very dramatic. But basically when she said, don't talk to me anymore, that was the best thing she could have done for me because it made me focus on myself and not her. And that was that was great. And I respect her so much for that. And I am so grateful that she had the strength and the courage to do that. These experiences really challenged the way I viewed myself, and I viewed the world, and God. I always saw myself as that quiet, happy, good kid that always did as he was told. I was a nice kid, and I was harmless, but it turns out I wasn't. I could harm people. I was capable of doing bad things, and that came as a shock to me, which it shouldn't, because we're all flawed. And the reason it came as such a shock to me is because I was so naive, and and it took a lot of time for me to figure out that I have, I have a dark side to me, just like everybody else. Everybody has a dark side to them, where they can hurt people, they can say something they don't necessarily mean, or maybe they do, and it hurts someone. And confronting that monster inside of me, that dark side, it was really hard to look at. So as you can see, I was just spiraling downward farther and farther and farther. I did not know how to get out. Well, I did, but I did not trust that God could get me out. I did not try it his way, or I would try partially. (laughs) I would not try full-heartedly. I wanted to do it my way. I wanted to get out of it myself. And luckily, like I said, I was never clinically depressed. I never had suicidal thoughts but during this time i had serious thoughts about running away i wanted to go to a brand new place where nobody knew me i could start completely over and just be myself do whatever i want and not be around anybody i knew before and that scared me i told my mom that that scared her too because i'd be cutting myself off from the people who love me the most. The people that would be able to help me, but not just able to, but willing. Now, I want to ask you guys, does any of this sound familiar? I know I'm not the only one because I've talked to a lot of people that have expressed some of the same feelings. Yeah, they might not have gone through the same transgressions or doubts or or trials that I had. Theirs could be completely different, in some ways way harder, in some ways not as hard, but just still struggling with something. It felt like there was a battle inside of me, Uh, that good side, that bad side, that, that monster inside of me and that hero. Or like that Indian proverb, that good wolf and the evil wolf. And how does the proverb go? It says, which wolf will win? It is the wolf you will feed. And I was feeding the wrong wolf this whole time. I was feeding the wolf of of lust, of shame, of total self-hatred, which I know is shame, but I just wanted to say it again, total self-hatred, because I think a lot of us struggle with that. So I just wanted to try to do better, at least start trying. I wanted to feed that other wolf of honesty and of responsibility and integrity and of being a protector and a loyal friend, and a true disciple of Christ, because I knew I wasn't doing it his way. And so I started feeding that wolf good things. I started trying to do a lot of studies with podcasts on psychology and philosophy, and books on that stuff too, as well as diving into the scriptures, and saying my prayers, and just really diving into my study. I started to become more active in everything I was doing. While I was at church, I was at church. I was focusing. I went to the ward activities. I participated. I did my best because I wasn't always there before. I was very scattered-minded and just absent. I started exercising. I was going to school. I was hanging out with friends. I was starting a business doing carpentry. In all of these areas, I had my ups and my downs and... Sometimes I'd be more active at church and sometimes I wouldn't. And I started trying to feed that good wolf by surrounding myself with those good people. Like I said earlier, my friends were amazing to me. My family was amazing to me. I started going to a therapist and understanding myself better. And let me tell you, there's a lot of people that are like, oh man, that guy sees the therapist. (laughs) But listen, it is the best personality test you can ever take. I know those Facebook personality tests that'll tell you what Hollywood celebrity are you or what Avenger are you. Those are fun. To be honest, I do them. They're, they're really fun. But going to a therapist, kind of working through some your problems basically and who you are is the best way to do a crash course on yourself understand yourself better and it's way fun to be honest I started going to a group and I love my group these guys are my brothers and I would do anything for them and I know that they would do anything for me and straight up I feel like everybody needs that kind of support where they can be completely raw authentic and real and have other people that way as well so they can feel that empathy for, towards them and receive their empathy and support. I honestly feel like that's how church is supposed to be. Uh, Elder's Quorum should be that way and Relief Society should be that way. And so if we can all be a little bit more supportive and invulnerable and, and transparent with each other, with our with our trials and what we're going through. My family was incredible. I had the greatest family that supported me, saw me at my lowest and still believed in me. And there, that reminds me of a Lincoln quote. He says, I am where I am today because I had a friend who believed in me and I didn't have the heart to let him down. And I can totally attest to that. That is so true. I didn't believe in myself for the longest time. And To be honest, you can't always believe in yourself or you're not always going to. And so you have to take people's word for it when they do. People that love you and believe in you, take their word for it. They see something in you that you don't. About two and a half years ago, so six months after my mission, I was supposed to move into this one apartment complex, but something went wrong. The lady gave my contract to somebody else. And I was left without a place to live. And one of my friends, Terry, Terry Bailey was like, hey, dude, you should go live with with Toph, with Bubba, with all these other guys. Um, They're really great guys. Just go live with them. And I was like, "Okay, I don't really know them, but I'll give it a try. And so I went and these guys were amazing. I they accepted me in and they gave me so much love and support even when I was in my darkest times. We had so many good talks late at night, helping each other out, going on fun dates, being active. Having those hard times and those good times with each other really brought us closer together. I remember one time specifically, after I had had an an awful day and I had messed up, Big time and just let a lot of people down. I like walked into my apartment and I see my buddy Toff there and a couple other people and I sit down and I just open up to them. At this point, they didn't really know exactly what I was going through, but I decided to tell them and they sat there quiet for a second because I think they were a little shocked but they were never how do i say it i never felt a negative feeling from them towards me they totally came around me in support and love and i'm so grateful for that and we all need people in our lives cuz we're going to fall down we're going to we're going to fail but if we have those strong people in our lives that will help us when we fall down, then we can keep going. We can keep moving forward. Let me tell you a little bit about this study I once read. It will connect really well with the social support that we should get when we come back from a mission and that we should give when others come back from their missions. There is a study on some military personnel that came back from deployment. When they came back, They found that the people that were not supported at all in their social network, it had an increase of anxiety, depression, and PTSD dramatically. It was, it spiked when they didn't have that social support. That being said, just one avenue of social support, whether that was a friend, a friend from the military, a family member that supports you, it helps you so much it decreases that chance of increased anxiety, depression, and PTSD. But not just that. They needed to have a well-rounded support network. They needed friends, um, non-military friends, as well as military friends and leaders, and family, and possibly a significant other. If they only got support from their family, their anxiety went down, but their PTSD and depression went up. If they only got support from their military friends and their military leaders, then their PTSD went down, but their anxiety and their depression went up. And so we need to be having this social support and network in all facets of life or in all circles of life. During this time, actually, to be honest, I don't think I ever failed. Uh, Let me tell you why. Nelson Mandela once said, I never fail. I either win or I learn. Oh man, I love that quote. That's so good. You either win or you learn. You're progressing either way. You're either getting exactly what you aimed for or you're learning how to do it better. And Or maybe you're learning that that's not the right aim and you should aim at something completely different. And so let me tell you, I had a lot of experiences, learning experiences coming home and that's fine. Um, as long as I adjusted my aim and started coming closer to God. And when that started happening, things started changing in my life. I can honestly say, now I feel closer to God than I even did while on my mission. Which is an amazing thing to say, because I absolutely loved my mission. I felt led by God on my mission. I was teaching people about Him, and Christ, and the Holy Ghost, and these amazing stories all the time and that's not to say that I am through with all of my trials and all of my weaknesses and I've slayed that inner inner monster or that evil wolf inside of me not at all I'm still a work in progress and I'm still working on things but I feel like I'm on the right path during this time I really gained a sense of self back I felt like I put back on that name tag. I was doing my ministering, and I was doing my calling. I'm still not perfect, but I felt like I was gaining that back, that sense of purpose and meaning in my life. Color came back in. Excitement. Confidence was huge. Confidence came back into my life, and I could talk to anybody And to be honest, I felt like there's a ton of turning points along the way. Some of the big ones that I learned about myself was that self-identity, that I'm a child of God. Like, He loves me and He's planned on me succeeding. He's planned on that. Also, a sense of worthiness. Worthiness I had wrong most of my life. I felt like I was unworthy of God's love. I felt like I was unworthy of to do certain things in the church. I was unworthy to go to the temple. I was unworthy to take the sacrament. That was not the case. The actions that I was doing that was keeping me from taking the sacrament and going to the temple were unworthy of me as a child of God. I was much nobler than the acts I was doing. I was a prince rolling around in the mud with the pigs. That was not worthy of who I am. And that was a huge point for me in turning and in, in understanding that, yeah, I am worthy of God's love. I am worthy of all the great plans that he has for me and his help right now, even though I'm in the darkest time, I'm worthy of his help. Another thing was serving others, focusing outward. I learned that when I focused on other people, my problems seemed to get solved. When I focused on other people's problems, I felt more connected to them and excited and enthusiastic and hopeful for the future because I knew that their problems would be able to be fixed and helped. And it seemed like my problems were being fixed at the same time. I also felt a big sense of purpose come back into my life. And I have to thank this podcast for that, um, for a big part of that, because God, when he has been telling me to start this, it's brought that sense of purpose and excitement back. And now I'm I'm working at a job I love. I work for Rallyest, which is where I'm helping these kids transition home from treatment programs and it's this app that helps them keep their good habits and that's just amazing. That's exactly what I needed when I was coming back from the mission and it keeps them Helps them stay with those good habits, set strong goals, as well as helps them be around good people so they don't go back into the bad friend groups that they had and bad habits that they had before. And so I'm so, I feel very invested in my job because it's exactly what I needed when I came back from my mission. I'm also going to UVU right now, studying entrepreneurship, and I'm loving it. I love the whole entrepreneurial spirit. That's why I'm starting this podcast as well. As I started a carpentry company, turned out didn't really want to keep doing that, but it was a great experience for me. And I'm starting this podcast. Like I said before, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to share what I know and to and what I learned in my experience. And to be honest, I was really scared as you guys can imagine. Um, opening up about some things that I've struggled with and personal weaknesses. And I was super scared to do this podcast because, as you can imagine, it's scary opening up and sharing these vulnerable parts of you and your your weaknesses and your shortcomings and your flaws. It's just, it's scary. (laughs) But I felt so good about it. I know it's the right thing to do. I have to give credit where credit is due. It all belongs to Christ. I am so grateful for him in helping me understand who I am, what worthiness is, what repentance is, what commandments are, what church leadership is, what a purpose-filled life means, how to focus on others and build them up. And my released story, it was hard. Um, It's been three years, and it was a crazy three years. Honestly, feels like a lot longer, but, and I hated it in some ways. I hated it, but I would not trade it. I would not trade it for that perfect idea that I had when I first got home from my mission. I didn't think I'd ever say that because I hated it at times, but I would not trade it. And that is my released story. The released mission is to tell stories, to give hope to other people that are in similar circumstances, knowledge and tools to improve their lives, and know their role in helping other people in their released story. We're going to be putting out a story each week where I interview someone about what they did coming home, and this is going to include their background, them coming home, their struggle, what they learned, and how they improved. I'm really excited to hear other stories and your release story. So if you feel like you have something or a story that can connect with other people, please reach out to me. My email is releasedthepodcast at gmail.com. Also, follow me on Instagram at Talmadgethane. I'll be posting about the podcast each week, and Instagram is where I'm going to be asking for feedback. Comment what you learned and also what you want to hear more about. Remember, God is good and he's planned on your success. And though you've been released from your mission, you've not been released from your ministry.